Hello everyone, welcome to the Self-Harm Data Podcast. It's Andre Tomlin here from Mental Health and I'm here with Sally McManus from the National Centre for Social Research who just last week published a new report called Using Data to Inform Suicide and Self-Harm Prevention. Sally, we hear a lot about suicide and self-harm in the media, but who is at risk right now? So one of the things that we highlight in the report is that there's such a wide range of different factors that might lead to increased risk for suicide or self-harm. And those factors affect so many different aspects of people's lives in terms of health, socio-economic context, poverty, benefit receipt, that sort of environment, and also the sort of social environment that people are living in, so their relationships with other people as well. But what's really key that we wanted to bring out in the report is that survey data highlights this wide range of different factors and is also very powerful for identifying individuals who might be particularly vulnerable. So one of the things that we're pulling out and we'll be highlighting today is amongst people who are in receipt of employment support allowance, actually they're an incredibly vulnerable group and survey data like this can really highlight and compare that group with the rest of the population. That can be a very powerful thing. And we're getting ready for this self-harm data conference here today. We've got the um, inimitable sounds of a conference getting ready, masking tape being pulled in the background. Um, there's a really impressive lineup of people coming to talk today, academics, clinicians, people from third sector. Um, and I guess a lot of the data that's being presented here is survey data, as you say. Yeah. But there's, there's obviously strengths and limitations of using that data in this area. Can you kind of outline that a bit for us? Yeah, so I mean, huge limitations with general population survey data. There will always be reporting bias. There'll be biases in who takes part. There'll be difficulties in what it can say. It won't tell us about causality. It won't tell us about why things have happened. And it doesn't tell us about the meanings that people attach to it. But it does give us such a powerful, broad picture. It tells us about prevalence. It tells us about um, uh, change over time. And also it's really important for telling us about the treatment gap, about who gets treatment, who gets support. So it really highlights inequalities, both inequalities in who experiences suicide and self-harm, but also inequalities in who gets support and treatment afterwards. So it's, it's very powerful in, in those ways. Um, Give us a flavour of who you're looking forward to talking, or hearing talk a little bit today, because it's a really rather than putting you on the spot who are you looking forward to most so I mean I'm, I'm extremely excited today because we've got a whole range of people who are coming from all sorts of different different places so we've got we've got people talking to Samaritans we've got people in the audience from uh, Money and Mental Health Policy Institute and I think they've got some really important work they've mm. done recently and actually they're two organisations that make really good use of the survey data as well to highlight particular groups so Money and Mental Health have got a particular campaign focused on debt at the moment and Chris Fitch will be talking later today about um, financial services and frontline staff and what sort of things they can do to ensure that people who are vulnerable and in debt and need a breathing space at that point in time are getting the right sort of support and intervention at that point. So there's, there's people from those sorts of sectors. We've got a lot of big, really interesting academics talking who are all people actually who are also very involved in policy and practice. They're very applied and they're very engaged. I think it's going to be really interesting to hear them speak today. I'm very interested to hear Sarah Cassidy talking today about autism and that's an area which I think is really untapped and where we really need to hear more about what's going on there. We've got Anne John talking about MQ funded work on the um, adolescent data platform and a whole range of different things that she's got going on. Uh, She'll also be talking about or touching on some new work, looking at problem gambling and people who experience problem gambling and what sort of associations there are there with suicide and self-harm as well. 
So some great, great speakers today. Yeah, absolutely. And as you've just published this new report, this NIHR NATSEN report, what's your sense of what next for that work? How would you like to see that disseminated and implemented? So I work with cross-sectional data. I'm a, a, I gather the data. And the thing I want to see happen is for people to use that data. Now, historically, that data's been really, really well used. And what I want to highlight today are some of the difficulties there are that are new difficulties around accessing data. So I want to really uh, see if we can change some of the research infrastructure to make it easier for people to access that data because up and down the country thousands of people gave incredibly generously of their time some people who don't have diagnosis some people who don't have any access to services some people who would never otherwise be involved in research who might be living in rural areas or deprived areas these are people who do actually get involved in surveys because it's a random sample interviewer comes and knocks on your door and the interviews can last up to three hours sometimes. They can be very emotional, they can be very intense. And the information that's collected in those, I feel we've got a moral imperative to use. Because the only reason they give that data is not to be a service uh, to access services or to access a diagnosis. They only do that so that others can benefit from their experience. And you think they are an unused, untapped resource at the moment? Well, what I'm going to highlight today is that the latest mental health survey has been used very little. And there's a lot of people in this room who've got the expertise to make really good use of that data. So it's to highlight how we can improve that access. Because at the moment there are uh, certain hoops you have to jump to get access to that data. And I think that perhaps those hoops could be... uh, could be reduced and still be um, safeguarded the data so that it's secure and safe. I mean, the, the survey data set doesn't even contain region. It's, um, so it's, 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 it's really not disclosive. Mm-hmm.